thank you for this year. And as difficult as it was, your word says to be thankful in all things. We're thankful for last year. God, we're thankful for what you're going to do, what you've done, what you plan to do in us, in this nation, um, in your church. God, we just uh, pray a blessing over everyone that's here tonight and a blessing over your church here. May we be a city on a hill, a light showing and piercing through the darkness in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. How's everybody doing? Tired? <laughs> What'd you say? More or less okay. A little better? Then a little better than what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Your your emotions are all over the place, I'm sure. <laughs> so we're going to be reading out of Second Chronicles. Yeah, we're going Old Testament tonight. I think I did last time, too. So I'm just going to give you a brief overview. I don't know where I even put my iPad. Good thing I can read the notes on here, huh? <laughs> I don't even know where the tablet is. You can go backpack the diaper bag sure if you want to grab it it'll be easier for me to read i can get started with this though so in second chronicles starting in about i'm not going to read all of it because it's a lot but starting in chapter three solomon starts building the temple that really had never been there before all they had was a tabernacle before um and God had no permanent dwelling place to be with uh, the nation of Israel. So chapter 3, he starts building this temple. And I'll just give you a quick, quick summary of this all the way up to chapter about 7. Solomon builds the temple and all the furnishings that are to go inside it, which include the altar of incense, the table of showbread, um, the veil that's in there that was torn when Jesus died on the cross. Um, so all of those things, as well as then, after that, the Ark of the Covenant is placed inside the temple. And then after this is all done, Solomon blesses the people of Israel. You can see I pretty fastly summarized what happened. <laughs> That's all the way up to uh, chapter 6. Solomon blesses the people of Israel, and then he also uh, gives a prayer dedicating the temple to God. And then after this, fire comes down from heaven and consumes the offerings, which, man, that would have been pretty epic to see, right? <laughs> I, I know all of us, we probably think to ourselves, man, that would be so awesome. But I know for myself, I would also be terrified <laughs> beyond belief and be like oh my gosh we're all gonna die <laughs> it'd be pretty amazing yeah i mean i don't think there was a i guess it would have came down from outside because that's where the sacrifices were burned <laughs> you know want it in the building <laughs> 
Mm hmm Oh, yeah. When... Right. When fire is involved, rightly so, people are usually scared to death. And they fall down on the ground in worship. They're like, oh, gosh. <laughs> All you can do is just worship. Oh, this is so much better. Thanks, love. This tablet's way better. So fire comes down from heaven, consumes the offering, and then the temple is dedicated with, get this, 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep where they have a seven-day straight feast. It's a lot of blood. It's a lot of fat that's consumed in the fire because that's what was given to God. Um, it's a lot of, just a lot. And, I mean, it would make sense with how many people there were. They used all of those to have a massive feast to celebrate the, uh, the temple, which had never been there before. And then after this, God responds to his people, which in a way you could say he responded twice because the fire came down from heaven. And then the next response is him actually talking and speaking to Solomon. So, there are two things I really feel like you could, you could say to explain all of this. One of those things is true dedication requires sacrifice. Because the interesting thing is that after Solomon gives a prayer of dedication and then he actually physically dedicates the temple, the way this is done is with sacrifices. That's how Solomon dedicated the temple. Now what is the temple for us? There's no physical building that's considered the temple today, right? Does anyone... not a building. <laughs> well, what's the temple? Caitlin alluded to it. <laughs> it's us, right? Jesus himself first said, destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. And they thought he was talking about the building. Really, he was talking about himself. And then Paul says that, do you not know that you are the temple of God? Your body is the temple of God. So it's us. And then in 1 Peter, he talks about how we are living stones building up a spiritual building. Which means, I mean, individually we're the temple of God, but also collectively we are the temple of God too. So he dedicates this temple with sacrifice. So I'll say it again. True dedication requires sacrifice. Somebody who dedicates themselves to somebody, it costs them something. It's not something that's done freely with, without any, any sacrifice. There's something that has to be given. To dedicate yourself to the Lord requires sacrifice. Now what do you guys think that sacrifice is? If you go read in Romans 12, chapter 1 and 2, or chapter Chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, he says that we are a living sacrifice. So really, you could say this dedication that you give to God, the sacrifice that's required is what? It's your life. Pretty intense, pretty intense stuff. 
But you also notice the ark is the dwelling place for God that was in the Old Testament. They put it in there because that's where God was going to dwell among men was in the temple. That's where people would encounter God. That's where the priests would experience and encounter the presence of God in the Holy of Holies. And then, today, where is that dwelling place? Jesus said that, I mean, it's, it's us. We're the dwelling place of God now. We're the temple of God, right? So the dwelling place would be where? Inside of us. We are God's dwelling place. The other thing I want to mention is, number two, is that dedication without follow-through is hypocrisy. Now, that's pretty intense. Hypocrisy, we don't like that word, right? <laughs> I know for myself, I, I read the word and I go, ugh, cringe a little bit. I'm like, I'd, who wants to be called hypocrite? Anybody? usually not uh, a phrase we use to build somebody up and encourage them, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, it comes from acting originally. The word hypocrite was acting something that you're not. And that's what hypocrisy is. Saying something but doing something else. So let me mention this again. Dedication without follow-through, is hypocrisy. Let me give you an example, straight out of Scripture, which is what happened after Solomon dedicated the temple. Dedicates the temple, says, we are a nation for you, and then you go read the history of the nation of Israel in First and Second Kings. doesn't look so good. <laughs> they dedicated themselves, they gave themselves to the Lord, but then they did all the stuff that was warned by God to Solomon, actually, in chapter 7. What not to do. It was hypocrisy. They dedicated themselves to God, and they didn't follow through on it. They didn't follow through on their devotion to him, on their commitment to him, on their dedication to him. let's take a look at God's response to Solomon after he dedicates the temple. And I think this is a pattern of what we need to look at ourselves and remember for our own daily life. And it's something that I feel like God wanted me to share at the start of the year. Just go into this year with purpose, with meaning to your faith, with an intention to grow in your faith. So in chapter 7, Starting in verse, verse 11, it says, When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray 
and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be opened and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. As for you, if you walk before me faithfully as David your father did, and do all I command, and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne as a covenanted, as a covenanted with David your father, when I said, You shall never fail to have a successor to rule over Israel. So what's the first thing that you guys notice? God says. First, first thing that he says. You guys can tell me out loud if you want. What do you guys notice? What does God tell Solomon? Dedicates the temple. And then what? Mind you, this is after a seven-day-long celebration. Verse 12, if you want a little help. Anyone? You guys have your Bibles? No? Oh my gosh. You got your phone? You got your phone on you? Worth it. <laughs> Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. The answer I had is different. But <laughs> so point number one I have for you is I hear your prayer and I've answered it. Verse 12. First thing that he says, I have heard your prayer. And then the summary is what I said. And have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. He heard his prayer as well as saw his devotion and accepted it. That's really what he was. He's saying, this temple, let me dedicate it to you. And he says, all right, I'll accept it. I receive that. Because <laughs> he says, he could have said, like, like Stuart said, nah, I don't want that one. <laughs> Build me another. <laughs> Which took a long time. 
It was uh, took a long time, a lot of resources, as well as they just sacrificed what? How many animals? <laughs> Over a hundred and twenty thousand. A lot. Yeah, they were they were hungry. So first thing is he. I hear your prayer, and I've answered it. I'll mention to you guys, in regards to this year, as well as all the prayers from last year that all of us have prayed, he's more than likely heard your prayers. <laughs> now, I won't get into any specifics of how God doesn't hear your prayers. Go look for those yourself. There's a few of them. But from what I know about you guys, He's heard your prayers. And he's answering them. Sometimes it takes some time. But stand on that truth. Trust in God that he's answered your prayers. For this year. You know, the next one, this one's a little bit sobering, was be humble or you'll be humbled. God has a way of doing that. And really often it just comes through life. You walk humbly, live humbly, you won't have to be humbled. God said himself that I exalt the humble, but I humble the proud. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be lifted up. And you can see here this warning of these plagues, which we know a little bit about that now, right? <laughs> this explanation of terrible things that can come in life. And apparently he says that it can even come from him. He shuts the heavens so no rain comes or commands locusts. And I'm not saying whether or not that was what COVID was. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but either way, you want healing to be brought to your land, you want healing to be brought to you, stay humble. Be a humble person. Be positioned in a humble place of your heart. And God will lift you up. He will exalt you. He will bless you. He will take care of you. Because that's what he says. He says, I'll heal your land. I will forgive their sins. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Then he says later on, like if you're if you're not humble, if you're not having your heart devoted to me, I'm just going to let the temple get destroyed. <laughs> well, hopefully that's not talking about nowadays with us, right? Because <laughs> we're the temple of God. <laughs> but either way, we're supposed to live in this fear of God, right? Respecting him with, with awe and reverence that his way is best. Regardless of whether we know why he's doing what he's doing. That we trust in him, rely on him, and lean into his, his goodness. So again, it says, be humble or you'll be humbled. The next one is, stay obedient and you'll stay blessed. That doesn't mean things won't be difficult from time to time, right? Who dealt with some difficult things last year? Anybody? <laughs> I mean, I told my youth group on Wednesday that suffering is a part of life. Just It just is. So it's better to suffer for Christ and with Christ than to suffer without him. Because suffering is going to be a part of life regardless. 
as long as we're living and breathing on this old earth, <laughs> gotta wait for the thing to become new, right? Right, Josh? <laughs> but suffering is inevitable for everybody. 2020 proved that. We're not going to be able to escape all suffering while we're here. It's just a fact. You might as well just do it with Jesus, right? <laughs> it's my opinion, and from my experience, it's just much better. So we see here, I want to say it's probably verse, I don't have the, the start of the verses here, but towards the end of it, it says, As for you, if you walk before me faithfully, as David your father did, and do all I command, and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne, as I covenanted with David, your father, when I said, you shall never fail to have a successor to rule over Israel. Stay obedient, and you'll stay blessed. It's amazing what happens when you step outside of the will of God and His obedience, how much life and sin takes over and just starts to cause your life to fall apart. I've witnessed it in countless people where they stay true to God, they stay devoted with Him, and then something happens, they go off the rails, they, they turn from Him, and their life starts to crumble. And all the while I warn them, hey, just to let you know, like if you choose to walk away from God, these are possible things that could happen to your life, and they all happen. The same way that God warned Israel, hey, if you stay devoted to me, if you walk before me faithfully, do all I command, observe my decrees and my laws, you're going to do great. Not only that, I'll bring greatness to you. I'll bring blessing to you. But if you don't, like, I just got to pull my hand away. It's amazing how, how much chaos starts to happen. But if you stay obedient, you'll stay blessed. It doesn't mean if you make us, if you sin once or make a mistake, or it, it's all about the position of the heart. And you see that in the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. It was simply a posture of their heart turned away from God, and they didn't want to follow Him anymore. They chose to follow other gods. Their heart got pulled away from Him. And all the while, he still was calling for him, which is all his grace and mercy, amen? So the last point I have for you is actually not found in this part. But it's just after it in verse 19. So let me read on here. Now it's 19 to the end. But if you turn away and forsake the decrees and commands I have given you, and go off to serve other gods and worship them. Then I will uproot Israel from my land, which I have given them, and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. I will make it a byword and an object of ridicule among all peoples. This temple will become a heap of rubble. All who pass by will be appalled and say, Why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? People will answer because they have forsaken the Lord, the God of their ancestors who brought them out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them. That is why 
he brought all this disaster on them. I hope you don't think I'm preaching some fire and brimstone message. <laughs> but I mean, this stuff is here in the Bible, right? So I think it's important to talk about it. I feel like God's response to Solomon, if you look at all of it, all the pieces of it, and what he's warning them, you see what happens later on. God was giving them fair warning. He was giving them fair warning of what was to come if he chose to not follow through in his dedication. He said, I accept this. I accept this thing that you're giving me. But just know it means nothing if there's no follow through. This dedication of yours is worthless if it's not to the end. Because that's what's important, right? Paul says those who endure to the end will be saved. And you got that word from Jesus, by the way. <laughs> so the last point I have for you is reject me and reject my blessing. Really, that's what it comes down to. They rejected God, so therefore they rejected the blessing that he was giving them. The temple was destroyed. The whole nation was ransacked by Babylon, and destruction was brought on them. They were brought into, brought into exile, and a lot of terrible things happened. You can go read it for yourself. <laughs> I was reading through Jeremiah and Ezekiel not that long ago, and my explanation of Jeremiah in a nutshell is 50, verses, 50 chapters of basically you guys suck, and here's why. <laughs> and here's what's going to happen because you guys suck. <laughs> like, really, that's basically what he was saying. I warned you not to do this. You did it anyway. I warned you again. Had some grace on you. You did it again. You wouldn't stop. And then you decided, okay, maybe now we'll stop. I'm like, too late. I personally know what that's like with kids. <laughs> Where I tell them to stop, I tell them to stop, they don't stop, and then they know punishment's coming. And they're like, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Too late. Something has to happen. There needs to be some consequences. There needs to be some punishment. And this, let this be a warning to us on how to live. Let this be a warning to our nation of how to walk which is what? Humbly before the Lord. Fearing Him, being devoted to Him alone. His dedication without follow-through is hypocrisy. True dedication requires sacrifice, and that sacrifice is you. That sacrifice is your will. The sacrifice is your desires. The sacrifice is your time. Your energy. And here's the thing. Blessing comes as a result of giving sacrifice. We saw these sacrifices that are made. God blessed Solomon immensely. If you look at how wealthy he was, he was the wealthiest man to ever exist ever on the planet. Ever. I've looked into it myself. The amount of wealth 
you would have that's equated to today surpasses the wealth of anybody that's ever existed. It's amazing. <laughs> and a lot of people say it's not true. He was so wealthy, there's no way that could be possible. So it can't be true. Well, neither can somebody be born with a virgin. <laughs> so, and that happened. Amen. The true dedication requires sacrifice. What do you guys need to do this year? It requires sacrifice. What devotion and dedication to God may you need to do that requires a sacrifice? I want you guys to think about this to yourself. Now the thing, last thing to do for closing things out is just I want, I want us to spend some time. Seth, you can put on some worship music like we had before. And you guys can spread out, use the sanctuary. You may need to, to have a moment with the Lord yourself to say, hey, I need to dedicate my life to you again. They had to do that several times. The nation of Israel screwed up and had to dedicate themselves several times. Got off track and they had to rededicate. You may need to do that. You may need to say, this part of my life, I've seen it get off track. It's not been devoted to you. It's not been dedicated to you. And I need to position it there. And what does dedication require? Requires sacrifice. I don't know what it may be for you. Maybe you watch something too much. Maybe you play video games too much. Maybe you don't really give God the time that he deserves. Sometimes that sacrifice is taking something out so he can have that time. Maybe it's, I mean, you know what it is. I don't need to say anymore. <laughs> Let's start this year off with that dedication. With saying, God, I give this to you. This is yours. Now here's, here's some comforting words for, for the dedication without follow-through is hypocrisy. Peter himself denied Jesus three times. God didn't give up on him. So as long as you're living and breathing, oxygen, <laughs> there's, there's still time to turn that hypocrisy around into devotion and dedication again. There's still time for that. So go ahead and play what I was playing before, Seth. I'm going to pray. You can play it right now. And then I'll give you guys some time. Just turn it down. God, we just... We devote this time to you. We make it intentional for you right now. God, I pray that this year would mark a dedication to you, a start of something new in each one of us. God, I pray that we would remember the words that you gave to Solomon and that those reign true for us today too. That you hear our prayer, you accept it, you say yes to it, 
and then you give a spare warning, knowing full well what might be tempting us up the road in life. And the key to it is to be humble. To have a humble heart. The same way that David did. There was a key difference between David and Solomon, and that was humility. And to stay obedient. Knowing that there's times that we, we may fall, and the New Testament says that there's an advocate for us with the Father, which is Jesus. That when we fall, our sins are forgiven. And you're right there to pick us back up and walk with us again. And you never leave our side. And may the last point you made to Solomon be a sobering reminder that when we reject you, we're rejecting the blessing that comes from you. God, I pray that we would uh, allow this year to be an incredible boost in growth to our faith that we go into this year with purpose and intentionality to grow in our faith and grow in our relationship with you. We wouldn't allow anything to pull us away. In Jesus' name, amen. So after we're all done, I'll give you guys a, let's say, 10, 15 minutes. And then I want to do what we do based off of the passage in there which says we humble ourselves and pray. So I've got a mic here. I'll leave it up here for us to pray whether it's pray for people that you know pray for our nation which is falling apart like really <laughs> we're in a really dark place in our country right now but like Tim preached a few years three uh, weeks ago that God works in the dark <laughs> so we'll be alright so let's pray Pray for whatever God puts on your heart during this quiet time, this 15 minutes. As well as whatever he puts on your heart based off of what other people pray. So, feel free to use the room. I'm going to turn the lights on for a bit.